Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Athletic. This is the best club in the world. Don't care what other people do. It's a big blow for us because we came here and we wanted to get the three points. And when you came back, you think, how could that not happen? But it happened and um, that's it. Well, let's face it. We all thought Liverpool had turned the corner, but it seems only into a cul-de-sac. Their away form's hard to digest. And when you're beaten by the team at the bottom, of course, questions are going to be asked. But was it more the manner in which the Reds lost, which is the concern? And is it now just firmly a chase for the top four? That plus the European dream, which is still very much alive. I'm Steve Hoversall. Alongside me on today's uh, Red Agenda, we have James Pearce and Kiefer O'Neill. And we're no longer thinking we've turned the corner, James. It's, um, it's just a mad season, isn't it? I think, what, days ago we were thinking everything was going to be okay. Liverpool looked like they'd done a sharp U-turn after those big wins. And then we hit this defeat to lowly Nottingham Forest. Yeah, it it feels like back to square one and that the momentum generated by those three straight wins has been completely squandered. I thought Liverpool got exactly what they deserved at the the City ground on, on Saturday. I thought they were absolutely dreadful. Yes, I know Klopp was keen to highlight... The opportunities that went begging from set pieces, and you know, on another day, Liverpool could have could have scraped a victory courtesy of the free headers if, if they hadn't been wasted. But it wouldn't have been deserved. You know, it was it was painful watching them at times. Just rarely do you see a team have so much of the ball and look, you know, impose such a little threat because what was it, seventy five percent possession? You know, nearly seven hundred passes, I think, to Forest's, You know, a couple of hundred, but. It was just so slow and predictable, wasn't it? And so easy to defend against. And that was the biggest worry for me on the day. And yes, of course, you have to factor into the mix. Third game in six days, the impact of losing Thiago and Nunes. But we're talking about a team that hadn't won since August. We're talking about a team that has been in absolute disarray and you know signed 20-odd players in the summer and looked like it's destined to go back to the championship um, in its first season in the back in the top flight, so it was just a, a, a dreadful day all round, and there was just so much wrong with the performance. James has used the words dreadful, painful. I'm sure that there's a lot of other <laughs> ways you could describe it. When you saw the team sheet, Kiever, and it's it's fine in hindsight for me to say it, but when when I looked at the eleven that Klopp had chosen, I was immediately worried. Yeah, I think the early kickoff worries you. Like we were saying before the the pod started, the you know that early kickoff always gives you a bit of a oh Liverpool, what Liverpool will we get? And then you see the team, and then you know those questions start getting asked as well. I was initially quite excited to see Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, and Fabio Carvalho on the same pitch. It felt like you know three young players that feel very much like you know the future of this Liverpool team all playing together. I thought that was you know my initial excitement for that. And then obviously I was at the academy to watch the the mini derby, so I didn't get to watch much of the game. 
and then you're just sort of following it, you know, a little bit on your phone. I got it up a little bit to watch the odd, the odd sort of five minutes, ten minutes here and there. And yeah, I just it felt like the writing was sort of on the wall before it, the game had even started, which is not a good thing, is it? But I just think it just had that feeling around it. I mean, we can say that in hindsight. Had Liverpool won two or three nil, you know, we'd all be we'd be speaking about a different game. But yeah, I think when I tuned in and seen that uh, Van Dyke chance and the Trent chance as well, and I just thought, yeah, that's that day sort of thing. So yeah, another one of them, like as you say, turning the corner, but not really. And I think, you know, two back-to-back 1-0 wins in games that probably could have, you know, ended up 0-0 draws or, you know, could have easily been defeats. Uh, Fort West Ham played really well and that was a tough game for Liverpool as was Man City and you know to get over the line in those games felt massive and it just felt like this game against Forest was just another opportunity to do that and get you know nine points in however many days and you know that would I think felt really positive going into obviously this week when Liverpool can you know get through to the knockout stages of the Champions League then they play Leeds who are you know in their own disarray as well and I just think you know it would have just sort of set things up nicely heading into the World Cup and now you know feels like back to square one again and we have to everyone has to rebuild the you know the positivity. Injuries are a big problem aren't they and they're, they're part of the excuse James I mean you're missing Luis Diaz, Diogo Jota, Canate. Matip, the the list goes on. There's some big players. Thiago, of course, didn't play. Nunez out as well for that game. And you only had to look at the bench. I mean, there's two keepers on the bench, which I I thought was absolutely crazy. You've got Adrian and Quivine Keller yep. on the bench. I don't know whether that was a signal from Jurgen Klopp, whether he was just trying to emphasise things. Well, I think it was just the reality of the situation, wasn't it? Because I think, obviously, in the days now where you can name nine substitutes, he he probably thought, well, you know, I can only bring on five of them. So why probably deny one of the young players? You know, he would have taken them away from the mini derby, I guess, was the the thinking behind naming two keepers on the bench. He has done it. He has done that previously. But yeah, I was looking at the team sheet when, when Liverpool were crying out for a bit of inspiration from somewhere in the second half. And... You know, in terms of game changes, the cupboard was bare, wasn't it? You look at it and you think, well, out the nine, two keepers, two kids in Bobby Clark and Bassetic, you know, a fifth choice centre back in in Nat Phillips. Unsurprisingly, you know, Trent and and Jordan Henderson come on, and then Oxley Chamberlain gets a brief run out. But of course, you know, it would have been crazy to have expected much from him after you know not kicking the ball competitively for for so long. So um, that is a factor. But it also, it goes deeper than that because, you know, especially the midfield area. I mean, that was a, a glaring weakness once again on on the weekend. And I felt sorry for Curtis Jones because that is a completely different role for him. I don't think he's ever played as one of the two in central midfield like that before, you know. And, and it also doesn't help him the fact that, well, for a start, obviously he, he's had so little football, you know, hadn't hadn't started since, since May and then... You know, when you throw into the mix alongside him, Fabino is just nowhere near the Fabino that we've come to expect and admire so much throughout his Liverpool career. And that is, you know, a concern that's just growing, to be honest, because, you know, Fabino again, wasn't able to stamp his authority on that game. Just, I don't know what it is with him. It's it's difficult to put your finger on it. Like it's, it's, it's just mistakes that we're just not used to seeing him make. It's you know, a lack of energy at times it feels to to actually get around the pitch and where he was so good previously at spotting danger and, and dealing with it, that doesn't seem to be happening. So, and even, you know, it didn't really change after Jordan Henderson came on. You know, it was, 
you were just sat there thinking Liverpool just don't look like scoring. You know, it's sideways, 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 you know, playing across Forest, never in behind them. Inevitably, it would work. They'd work it out to either, you know, Trent once he came on, Robertson on the other flank, Cross came in. And it was just so easy for Forest, who packed the central areas, to, to head the ball away to safety. And it was that lack of spark and guile and creativity that was that was the most worrying thing for me. And yes, of course, I think it would have been a different game with Thiago out there. You know, it is massively unfortunate when Thiago woke up at five o'clock in the morning Saturday and was in horrendous pain with his ear and told the club doctor and needed to go to the hospital to be assessed. And you think, you know, that's, you know, when your luck's out, your luck's out. And that was, you know, I think I think his presence could have been the difference on the day. But then you also need to ask yourself, well, why are Liverpool so dependent for midfield creativity from a player who misses so much football in general. And then it goes, obviously that goes back to the summer when they needed to, needed to sign another elite midfielder and they didn't. They waited. They ended up, you know, going and bringing in Arthur Mello on deadline day who wasn't fit. And then in his, in his attempts to get match fit has suffered a serious injury where he's out into the new year. So, yeah, I'd say it's a mixture of, you know, things beyond their control, but also things that were very much within their control too. Yeah, because one of the biggest problems this Liverpool team is suffering with is is, is the lack of creativity. When you leave leave out a Trent and a a Thiago, they're they're two big figures, Kiva, that almost you can't afford to be without when you're playing a team like a Nottingham Forest. No, like James said, you know they look packed, didn't they? Tight centrally and in a low block a lot of the time, and I think you need Trent to be you know there to hit those crosses on the money and you need Thiago to play those line-breaking passes that no one sees coming because, you know, they're the things that would have, I think, you know, broke down this Nottingham Forest defence and with Thiago missing, that felt from the start like that was going to be, you know, maybe difficult because he has looked, I mean, he looked for that 45 minutes or whatever it was, I think he came off quite early, didn't he, against West Ham. Well, the first half, he just looked amazing. You know, he surfed his way around the pitch. He was coasting, just doing his thing, just dancing almost. It was, it's glorious to watch him when he's in that mood. And he's in that mood pretty much every time he plays football. You know, it doesn't always work out for him, but, you know, he's always in that, like, what can I do next sort of energy. And I think Liverpool missed that massively because then you just, I don't know, it just feels lacking in creativity. I've seen, you know, bits of Curtis Jones and he has got really good sort of ball retention and control and sometimes it felt like he didn't really know where to go with it though and then I guess the same sometimes from Henderson when you're sort of expecting him to play a pass and then he sort of waits and then plays the pass and it just feels like the moment's gone there's a player already over to cover you know it just felt a little bit slow from Liverpool and not at the speed they need to be at to you know get across the line against teams that you know they should definitely be defeating obviously Nottingham Forest were at the bottom of the table Liverpool should be winning there all day but this Liverpool team have just you know there's there's weaknesses now and injuries like you say you know we probably should really think about them because I think even Diogo Jossard and Lewis Diaz not being available is massive for Liverpool obviously missing Darwin is another thing because I think you know he likely scores a header in that game unless Dean Henderson probably could have kept literally everything out it felt like but to have those two as options is massive for Liverpool and you just don't have that now. So you're just lacking in so much spark and so much energy, I guess, because, you, you know, you think of how much running Jota did against Man City and then he pulls up with an injury in the last minute, just heartbreak for him. And then, obviously, Lewis Diaz, who hasn't stopped running since he joined Liverpool, you know, to get an injury as well, both out for a while. And I think that's, you know, 
putting a lot on on Salah, which you know you feel like Salah has you know big enough and strong enough shoulders for all that to rest upon him. But you know he can't do it all, and I think that showed at the weekend that you know this Liverpool team is is lacking in something or quite a lot a lot of the time this season, and I think that's worrying, isn't it? Uh, James's piece is up on The Athletic now. Uh, Klopp is wrong that Liverpool's problems at Forest were because of set pieces. That's what it's uh, called. And don't forget, if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, you can read all of the articles on Liverpool, everything on the site, by heading to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. And for a special price of a pound a month for six months, that's a deal that's on now, uh, you can subscribe. So theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. We heard about Thiago's injury. Nunez, any sort of update on, on why he was missing? I mean, obviously he had, a, he had a brilliant hour, didn't he, against West Ham. Little muscle strain. Is it, was it just a precaution, James? Yeah, just a precaution. I think um, obviously linked to the fact that having lost Diaz and, and Jota in such quick succession, I think that means being absolutely you know extra cautious. And um, yeah, it was a tight hamstring that, that forced him off the other night. And then, you know, a tight hamstring which made them decide that it wasn't just worth taking that risk on the weekend. So, yeah, I'd expect Nunes, Thiago and Canate, who's now back in training, they should all come back into contention for Ajax on Wednesday night, which, you know, right through the spine of the team, that improves Liverpool. And obviously Joe Gomez had a difficult afternoon on the weekend. You'd imagine Canate would come back in for him over in Amsterdam, I think. I don't know what it was with Joe Gomez because I think he's you know he was so good wasn't he against Man City it's it's difficult to to kind of explain how you can go from that level to to the weekend where there was just so many careless mistakes so the biggest one you know leading to the free kick that then led to Forrest's winning goal I don't know whether it was for Joe Gomez maybe you know the the demands of playing three three games in in six days because I think he was only one of four outfield players who actually. You know, actually, had you know had to start all three. It was only him, Van Dijk, and then Salah and Firmino. But yeah, that was he had a really really tough tough afternoon. And yeah, you'd have thought Canate would come back in for him. And then you know, obviously, we know the difference that Thiago and, and Nunes can can make as well. But yeah, I, ju- I just thought to to focus on the misses from set pieces was to spectacularly miss the point really because. On two fronts, not only the lack of what Liverpool, how they failed to use the ball properly in open play, but also you can't overlook how many chances Forrest had themselves. That was that was the other thing. It wasn't like you know we've all seen over the years like how crazy football can be, and you know backs to the wall, heroic smash and grab raid where you know the team hits the post five times, the keeper makes you know ten saves, and and then they break out their own half once and score but that that wasn't that wasn't the story on saturday you know when you actually look at the the opta stats forest actually edged it on expected goals they edged it on on big chances created again allison was sensational the save he made from yates late on was was right up there with anything we've seen this season you know there was that james milner goal saving block as well and that kind of showed you what a ragged performance it was from liverpool the fact that you know, if you'd said to me, right, you know, where, where's your money in terms of in the closing stages? Are Liverpool going to equalise or a Forest going to get a second? I couldn't have told you because it looked like there was a, you know, it was a very high chance of either happening because it was never, it was never dominance with real control. Because you know, when Forest did break away, they they caused Liverpool a load of problems. 
And the irony of their goal scorer as well, a player who'd been on Liverpool's books, Awani. And just obviously from a Forest perspective, and I've heard an awful lot since the win with Forest fans saying, oh, you've not given us credit. This was one of the great days in our history, James. It was it was huge, wasn't it? I would imagine the atmosphere was, was something ridiculous, the, the level of sort of support for Forest and what they'd done. Yeah, yeah, the atmosphere was was absolutely sensational. Obviously, Forrest have had to wait a hell of a long time, haven't they, to get back to the big time. And yeah, you could you could sense it around the ground beforehand in terms of just, you know, having Liverpool in town. I know obviously Liverpool were there in the FA Cup, weren't they, last season? But it's different for a, a big Premier League game. Um, and especially with the mess that Forrest have been in recently and, you know, so much upheaval with so many changes to their squad and they haven't looked like winning games have they despite Cooper being able to make them a bit more a bit more solid defensively so yeah that was that was a big deal for them and I thought I, I, yeah I, I thought they deserve absolutely deserved it on the day I think the the one sour thing for me coming away from it in terms of the atmosphere was having to sit there and listen again to these horrendous chants that you know we heard it we heard it at Anfield the week before when when Man City were in town and you know I think what was that? I think it was when Mo Salah went down for treatment what could only have been just over half an hour on the clock and you know always the victims is is ringing out around the city ground and that was the third time during the game and it's like I just I, I just feel like other clubs have to do more to try and put a stop to this I mean Man City were ridiculously slow last week in terms of you know their failure to publicly condemn it you know I know they pr- they replied privately to an email from the the Hillsborough Survivors um, Alliance but um, yeah it, I think just think clubs need to make a stronger stand on this because it did sour things like you know it was you know you see someone like Nottingham Forest back in the back in the big time yet their fans seem more preoccupied with chanting about you know the horrific things that Liverpool have suffered in their past and throw into the mix, you know, sign on and all the rest of it as if, you know, of course there's no areas of Nottingham that, that have any issues with poverty. It's just, that was the thing that kind of soured it for me because it left a, a bad taste in the mouth. So unnecessary. Right, let's let's go back to, um, well, let's go to the mini derby actually. You were there, Kiva. So you've written a piece on Calvin Ramsey. We're all, we're all desperate to see what he's about. He's finally playing some football pace, composure and a goal. Uh, how excited can we get? Was there any indications, any glimpses of the lad that would suggest um, a first-team debut might be on the cards at some point? Well, he'll definitely have the League Cup game, I think, circled in his calendar in uh, early November against Derby. Because, yeah, I think it just basically joined Liverpool and then had the sort of series of injuries which have, you know, sort of stopped his progress. He has been training with the first team and that is the plan for him to continue to train with the first team and then, you know, build up those minutes, um, that minutes log with the under-21s, which he did in the, the pizza trophy last week, the Papa John's. So he had half an hour there and then he had 45 minutes in the mini derby for the first half and then he went off. And, yeah, I think it's more about building those minutes. You couldn't see too much from him. Obviously, he scored against Accrington, took his goal really well. Loves to get in, in the box as much as possible, which, you know, is great to see. Sometimes let Everton counter with, you know, but he got back pretty quick to sort of deal with that. 
So yeah, I think it's just about minutes now for him. And I think he's really just got to get to a place of like match fitness and have those games and experiences behind him for them for him to climb sort of the ladder towards the first team. I think that League Cup is a big opportunity. I think this week, you know, he might go with the squad to Amsterdam and, you know, that'll be another good experience for him. Uh, but yeah, I think the one that he'll have circled is November 9th, maybe to start us right back. And then I think, you know, that gives us all, you know, a, a proper chance to look at him. It gives Klopp a proper chance to look at him and, you know, see what he's about. So I think the, the most exciting thing about him is like, like I mentioned about Ben Doku, who, who had a great game, the mini derby, just player of the match, absolutely outstanding. Ball glued to his feet every time he had it. And he's similar, Calvin Ramsey in the, you don't know what, um, force is his strongest I think it is his right that he favours, but he, he can hit it as good on his left, similar to, to Doak in that way. So Liverpool have got this um, emerging Scottish uh, right flank with uh, Doak on, on the right wing and Calvin Ramsey at right back as well. So, yeah, positive signs from him, but, you know, still a long way to go to get him where, you know, he'll want to be, which is, uh, you know, being in and around Liverpool's first team and eventually, you know, competing for that for that first team place against Trent, which is no mean feat as we see in Nico Williams, you know, at the weekend, jubilant at the side of the on the sidelines after obviously Nottingham Forest's new club won. I think, you know, for Ramsey he knows it's a big step. Connor Bradley's out on loan doing really well for himself, another option at right back. So, you know, with James Milner still starting there, there's still a way to go, isn't there, for him to, you know, push into that. But, you know, it's something that I think he has to he will be and has to aim for because obviously we know Joe Gomez can play there as well. He has to make it so that, you know, Liverpool are dependent on him and he's Trent's understudy and then he can go from there. But, you know, he's still 19, plenty of talent and still a long way to go. We're sponsored for this episode of Walk On by LinkedIn. So it's only right that we crowbar in a reference to Liverpool's super slick recruitment process while we talk them up. Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like Arnie Slot, probably. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. In fact, on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Right, what are Liverpool now, James? So, are they a top four chasing team that actually do stand a chance of progressing a long way in in a Champions League? Because on a on a one off, you know, on a head to head, they're capable of matching anyone. What are they in your head? A week ago, when we did the pod after the Man City game, we all felt we'd seen something brighter that would turn the corner. But it's really hard to put your finger on it now. Yeah, I think the weekend was a was a painful reality check, and then. And then probably then it makes well, it made me think, well, actually, when you think of it, in midweek, Liverpool were fortunate to beat West Ham. You know, that's, <laughs> they, they could easily have dropped points there, but for Alisson's brilliance. And the fact that probably, you know, if you were handing out a player of the season award at this point, Alisson Becker would be winning it absolutely hands down. And that kind of shows you where Liverpool are at. 
Yeah, in terms of aspirations, I mean, I, to be honest, I, I thought the moment Liverpool lost at the Emirates, I just thought, well, that's it in terms of any possible title challenge. And and I've got to be honest, be, beating Man City didn't really make me change my opinion on that front. I think it's all about the top four. For are, Liverpool. You, are you worried about the top four? Uh, no, not yet. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, obviously, you know, when you, when you lose to the team that are bottom, there's a degree of concern. But I still think... You know, there's so much football to be played this season. No, I, I still think you get through to, you know, if, if Liverpool can qualify for the, the last 16 of the Champions League this week, which, you know, that, what, the, the way that the schedule is and the way the squad's depleted by injuries, I think it's really, really important they don't leave it to the last match day. Yes, you know, you, probably a situation where Napoli have got nothing riding on it, but I don't think you don't want to be going into that last match day needing, needing anything. So you want to get that done. And of course, when you lose to Forest, you suddenly, every other fixture starts to look a bit more tricky. But, you know, Liverpool should be beating, they should be beating Leeds. They should be beating Southampton at home. You know, the, the hardest game, obviously, left before the break is Spurs away. But, you know, anyone who sat down and watched Spurs on Sunday afternoon will know that they've got some issues themselves at the minute. But yeah, the, the biggest thing is to try and, try and get through to the break in decent enough shape where... You know, you get, you know, you're going to get Diaz back and and Jota back after, you know, when when things kick off again late December, early January, and and you just hope that then Liverpool can really get going and and obviously there's so much football to be played between now and when when the Champions League starts again. So, you know, I certainly don't go along with this idea that Liverpool just aren't equipped to win trophies this season. It's just they're just not capable of producing the kind of run or consistency required to, to compete for the Premier League title I think that's that's pretty clear but I, I don't see any reason why they can't go a long long way in the in the Champions League you know and you've got to give them some credit in terms of how they turn that situation around because having having got off to such a disastrous start in the group Klopp would certainly have taken that wouldn't he in the aftermath of that shambles in Naples to to be going into match day five just needing a point to qualify but they're going to have to raise the bar a hell of a lot from what we saw at the city ground on the weekend because Ajax were unfortunate when they came to Anfield. You know, they they caused Liverpool problems. You know, Daley Blind had that big chance, didn't he? That could easily have won it for Ajax on the night. He missed it, and then what was it? Last minute, Joel Matip header settles it. So yeah, they'll be dangerous. It'll be a big deal for them having Liverpool come into town. Um, you know, especially because you know, the last time, obviously, was COVID affected, wasn't it? With empty, empty stadiums and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to to being there because I've, you know, I've I've been to Amsterdam many times, but not not for the football. Um, and uh, it's 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 one of those kind of arenas that you, I think Ajax, are, with their history and tradition, it's got the makings of a of a great night, but. If if Liverpool don't improve across the board, it will be a it will be a very difficult one. I think we all desperately want them to get the job done there. Uh, let's move from there to the sacking of Steven Gerrard, Kiever. It wasn't that long ago we were talking on this podcast about perhaps him being the man in the future to to head to Anfield and, and take the reins at some point whenever Jurgen left. Obviously, lost three nil to Fulham. Eleven months in the job, the perspective of him changes. Now it wasn't that long ago that link to Liverpool was being talked about. What what's your view of it now? It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think you know you always knew Aston Villa were going to put in a performance against Brentford this weekend. 
you know, um, as soon as Gerard was sacked the other night, it felt like, yeah, they're going to put in a good performance. That's what teams do. And I think that'll be the worry for, for Liverpool ahead of uh, the Leeds game, you know, if or not, the with or without the manager. Because I think, you know, teams always respond, don't they? Or, you know, will respond if the manager's in trouble and that kind of thing. But yeah, I think for Gerard, it's... It'll be a tough one to take, I think. You know, you've seen a lot of the players posting, like, good luck and, you know, thanks for everything and all that kind of thing. So I think he, he's left there with, you know, his, his head held high. It just didn't work out for him, did it? I think, you know, watching Villa, it wasn't great football in the end. It was, you know, I remember watching them. I don't know who they were getting beat by recently, but the Villa Park was just, a pin could have dropped in there. You couldn't hear anything off the telly. It was so quiet and... You know, I don't think that's, you know, what we're used to with uh, Villa Park. So that's how it got. And I think he'll come away with this having learned so much about the experience, obviously, being a Premier League manager. I don't think it's, like, you know, the end for his Liverpool dream because I think as Sai put in his piece about Luis Enrique, you know, there's a lot of managers who have, you know, you know been sacked or left clubs early on and, you know, everyone thinks that that's the last sort of chance at the top that, Definitely won't be for Gerard, given what kind of calibre player he is. He, he's definitely sort of looked to be that kind of manager as well. It just, you know, I think this will be a, a learning curve for him and, you know, a little break now perhaps. And then, you know, there'll be teams that definitely come calling when the next season, whether that's, you know, Championship, whether that's Premier League, whether that's abroad. I think he has to have a think now about what's next for him and what, you know, he'll have to be. What, what sort of Premier League team, Kiva, would, would you see marrying up with Steven Gerrard now? It's weird because when he joined Villa, it just didn't feel like it was the right sort of... It always just felt like Liverpool mm. and Gerrard. You can't see him with anyone else, you know. So that's when he joined Rangers. It just felt weird. It felt weird at Villa. But I think... I don't know. I can't see him at any other club but Liverpool. But he's got to join other clubs to get that sort of experience and, you know, get them to convince Liverpool one day of, you know, hiding him as manager because that's obviously going to be his dream. But I guess whether that is his dream or not, you know, whether he, he does just want to be a manager in the game. But of course he wants to manage Liverpool. Everyone wants to see, you know, he didn't get to win a title, league title as a player for Liverpool. That would be, you know, the most fairy tale ending, wouldn't it, for him to come back to Liverpool one day and, and lead them to a league title. But obviously now, this week, that feels, you know, that future feels way far mm. off in the distance. And it, yeah, as I said, he's got a got to find the opportunity that's right for him and I think he was patient you know when he was going into management he obviously joined Liverpool's academy and then you know eventually took the Rangers job and there was I think was he linked to like MK Dons and other clubs and you know he was patient with that and I feel like he'll take that approach again and he'll have to now because yeah I, I guess it's going to be interesting to sort of see where is next for him I was thinking and thinking you know would somewhere like Italy suit him Spain I, you know you don't know whether going away or, you know, he obviously went to LA Galaxy late on in his career, would, you know, similar to what Wayne Rooney's doing out there, going out there and, you know, getting that experience. It's a little bit away from, I guess, the pressure and, you know, that weekly sort of thing. But I think he's someone that thrives off that. And, you know, every time I watch him in an interview or I watch, you know, something that he's done at Rangers or a, a Villa, it always felt like, you know, he's a good person and he's trying to do right by the club. And, you know, he always speaks so well. You know, but obviously it's not ended in the way he would have wanted it to. Absolutely. James, it's a brutal world, this management, isn't it? And Gerard himself never had a rest after he stopped playing. He went straight into sort of coaching and the academy and then Rangers. 
And I, I get the impression that even though Jurgen Klopp has said he should have a rest now and think about things, I get the impression he will pretty much want to get straight back into things soon. Yeah, knowing him, he probably will. But I agree with what Klopp said in terms of saying he hopes he takes some time for himself and some time out. Because as you just said, then Steve, you know, it, it has been constant for him when you look at, you know, to go into Galaxy, coming back to to Liverpool, working at the academy, then Rangers, then then Villa, and I think you know he's got so much time in managerial terms ahead of him. I, I think just take some time, take stock, have a think about what went right, what didn't go right. You know, go and spend time with other managers at other clubs, and and just I think just just relax a little bit because he obviously he's such an intense character, and that you know that that will to win and and desire served him so well in his. You know, in his playing career, and and you and you think, you know, there's no doubt that I I still think Steven Gerrard will prove himself to be an elite manager one day. I think that you've seen fans of other clubs, you know, loving the fact that I suppose failed if you want at, at Villa, but look at you know some of the greatest managers in the history of the sport of, of, of you know most of them have been sacked at some point. It's about how you respond to those those setbacks and disappointments and. Um, as Simon Hughes wrote himself on the Athletic a few days ago, like I don't, I don't think this like, to me it doesn't shake my belief that he'll be Liverpool manager one day. It it just probably emphasises what we already knew was that it's a journey to get there, and and it was never going to be plain sailing, and you know, and, and things things go against you, they? you know, it, you know, how ridiculous was that yesterday? You know, the, I couldn't believe it when I heard that Villa were three up inside fifteen minutes. You know, the the lack of goals. And then suddenly, you know, everything flies mm-hmm. in and sometimes things just aren't meant to be. And you look at some of the injury setbacks they had, you know, some, some key players not, not delivering. So, yeah, he'll, he'll be back. I've got no doubt about that. James Kiever, really enjoyed it. Thank you very much indeed. The pieces uh, the guys have written are on The Athletic now. Uh, Klopp is wrong that Liverpool's problems at Forest were because of set pieces. That's James's uh, review of the defeat at Nottingham Forest. And pace, composure and a goal at Ramsey's under-21s cameo show about what he can offer for the first team. That's what Kiva's written on this week, so check them out on the site. Thank you for listening to the Red Agenda Massive Week with Liverpool playing at Ajax. And, of course, we'll review that and much more later on in the week. See you then.